Welcome back to The Drop, the contest edition, and boy, oh boy, do we have a contest wrap-up for you. Mikey C is going to be checking back in again from the southwest of France, and we are going to break down the Surf Ranch Pro that was taken out by Griffin Colapinto in the men's and Carissa Moore in the women's. It goes without saying, there was one or two very, very close heats in this event, which we're going to get into. We're going to get into some of our come-ups, a few of our letdowns, Going to learn about a bet that Mikey C did, which I was scratching my head at, but it came up. And we're going to learn about all the other happenings around the event this week in Lemoore, California. Let's drop in. Welcome back to the show once again, Mikey Baritz, Chiaramella. I just watched a girl walk past me with a baguette under her arm, so... Oh, how's the bread intake been so far? Uh... Overzealous. Lovely. Uh, yeah, there's been, <laughs> been a lot of yeast. A lot of jambon fromage on top. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. God. Freaking. Whew. I don't know if you've ever heard of Roquefort cheese, but uh, I had my first taste of it yesterday, and it was, well, it wasn't so, I had a I had a small nibble, because one of the challenges here on Stab Highway is that you have to eat a fist-sized portion of Roquefort cheese, or 200 <laughs> grams, and Fucking hell. I don't know if you've tasted that stuff, but that is fucking intense. I don't think I have. No, I think I'd know about it if I did. That sounds, um, that just sounds European. I'm all about it. I'm, uh, I'm glad you're experiencing yeah. those things. We had a lot of predictions this week for the Surf Ranch Pro, but the one that I really want to know whether it played off correctly or not was did you stay up having a good time and watching the comp? Yes. I actually, I watched way more of the comp than I thought I was going to. Like, I'm actually super excited to talk about it. Yeah, I think that's just Europe for you. Like, you know, you probably had dinner at 10 p.m. and the comp started. Yeah, 100%. We were watching um, Italo surf his last right um, and left last night while sharing a beer at some pub at whatever time it was. Like, I don't know, like 1 a.m. or something. Ah, that's that's fantastic. And overall, you, you, you sound pretty positive about the event? Yeah, so... I mean, I, I said that I thought I would like the format. I did like the format a lot. We got the format wrong, though, when we explained it on here. I was under the impression that the night surf was going to be man-on-man. And I don't know. I mean, I I listened to a, a video where Joe Turpel explained it, and that was what I got from it. So I don't know if that's their fault or if I'm just an idiot. But anyway, the, the night surf thing was interesting because it was just two men made it and one woman made it and yeah that was uh definitely a departure from what i thought it was so sorry if i confused anybody there but at the end of the day the whole goal was to get this competition to a more digestible form and obviously doing it after the cut helped that and this new format helped that too like they did the whole thing in two days and it felt like every every wave kind of mattered more than it ever has like before it was just oh man let's let everybody catch four waves and see who has the best two and then those will move on and it's like no nah, dude like as much as i probably was a proponent for that sort of format before i actually watched it because it's in theory the most fair when you have this equal playing field it's just fucking boring so i think getting them in heats the way that they did it cutting out the fourth place uh man and woman second and third go to that other round first going to the quarters that, that was actually a way bigger advantage than i understood because getting out of that night surf was so hard. So winning your first round heat was everything in this event, except for the fact that the two men who were in the final had to surf in the night surf session, which I found interesting. Yeah, incredible, I guess, that just another layer added to the fact of how deep the, the talent pool really is. Like having that condensed draw and in this event with everyone, the level that they're at, it just goes to show like, you know, 
you can lose that first round heat and surf one wave. Like the guys were counting one wave in the night surf session, which is unbelievable amount of pressure. Um, you know, Griffin said on the broadcast that he was like tearing up <laughs> with the amount of stress and emotion, and everything that he was feeling. And it wasn't until he saw his friends and that it made him kind of brought him back to earth a little bit. Like, yeah, it's just, it's another level. And, and even, you know, John alluded to it. Like it's, it's, it's unbelievable the, 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 the setup to even get you get the results on the board at this event. And then, it, but it was like, if you won your first round heat, like Joao, right? He won his first round heat with a low total. He wouldn't have won a lot of other heats that day. He would have mm. lost to a lot of people who got second or third in other heats. Mm. But just by way of winning that heat, he got a quarter out of this event, which is huge for his campaign because now he's got basically all finals, semis, and quarters. There's almost no chance that he doesn't make the final five, and it's all because he basically got lucky and had a heat where people didn't put up very big scores. Yeah, totally. And that wasn't, you know, like you mentioned, that wasn't available to happen in the prior draw. You could go straight to the final eight in prior years. Like Gabby and Philippe would just go there on their first two waves, regardless of really, even if they were at 40%. But yeah, this year it's being split up into heats. I, I loved it because there was consequence. And it was like, okay, within this bracket, we are going to see someone lose, you know, and we're going to see someone win. And it's like so much more impactful and so much more enjoyable to watch. I, I, I think, you know, as far as the format is concerned, I really think they nailed it. Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of losers, first and foremost, my women's pick got fucking dropped out of round one. So, uh, yeah, sorry <laughs> if I led anybody astray there. If it's any consolation, uh, if you made any bets on betonline.ag, Tahiti was the beneficiary of that, so you are welcome, Tahiti. I this is my first loss of the season overall in an event, which is kind of funny considering it should be the most predictable event on tour. But here we are, so yeah, you're welcome, Tahiti. Um, also, Jack Robinson, uh, we talked about him last week. I, he didn't look that well to me. What did you think? Um, yeah, I, I'm not so surprised that he didn't look the best. Like. Not so much for him and, and, and where he's at with any kind of rehab of an injury, but more just the wave in general. Like, I don't think he really clicked with it last year, and I didn't expect anything to change this year with just with the short lead-up time that he's had. And it's, you know, like I mentioned, it's a, it's a really physical wave, and if you've got any kind of niggles, you get found out after the first two turns uh, with where you're at with your injury. So, yeah, maybe still dealing with a bit of... Um, you know, scar tissue there and whatever else is going on mentally just coming back from an injury. And this is not the wave that you want to do it at. So, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't too impressed with Jack, but also not surprised. Yeah. Okay. So should we get into some of the nitty-gritty? We got some sections. We got some uh, – you got some sound bites for us, right, that transition us into the actual talking points? We are, we are a professional podcast now, Mikey. You take a holiday and this is what happens. Let's get into some come-up. Right, I've got to go out out of the gates here with the come-up. And it, it's probably going to go into a lot deeper of a conversation, which that's what we're here for. But you, you put 50 bucks on Ethan Ewing to beat Gabriel Medina in the wave pool event. I don't care if you went negative for this whole event. That is, that takes the cake for me. Bravo, Mikey. Well done. Huge come up. Oh, man. I was feeling really, really good about that until I saw the aftermath. So I, I obviously, yeah, I took a bit of a swing on that, and it paid off financially. And when we were watching it, we I was watching it with um, with Garrett from Stab and Maddie Baker from Stab, and we were on the fence. I was saying I didn't think Ethan was going to get the score on that left, and they were saying maybe yeah, but it was obviously really close, right? Anyway, anyway, you slice it. But to see what came of that, yeah, it was a come up. But man, 
it was a real letdown to see the result being that, well, one, Gabby had his missive on Instagram, which we'll get into shortly. And the worst part, though, is Ethan Ewing posted a story yesterday on his Instagram of somebody who's sending him actual death threats in Brazil, um, saying that when he comes to Sacarema, he's going to have his funeral. Like, that's so fucked up, dude. I mean, I understand that you're upset. You know, sports fans are passionate. But this isn't even like a contact sport where the surf... Well, maybe sometimes it is. But it's not like in this event, especially. Surfers are like you know actually going against one another and like using tactics that could be considered unsportsmanlike or anything they're literally just surfing the wave and the judge determines who wins and loses like it's so messed up that ethan has to deal with something like that Mm. and look it's not the first time it's happened multiple times and not just with brazilian fans with, with other fans of our sport it just and i'm sure it happens across other sports across the globe it's it's really uh yeah we here at the drop do not condone death threats at all and not even to the surfers or the judges or whoever you might have your gripe with like really i don't even think we need to go into detail there that's just the the good news for ethan is his dad's six foot six and 240 pounds so you know I think I think he'll be I think he'll be fine going to Sakurama, and the other thing is too is that um, it's usually all all air, and uh, when it when it comes down to it, I think all the surfers they have a lot of mutual respect for one another, and um, you know it's yeah it's just it's just surfing at the end of the day. So yeah, hopefully um, you know Ethan, it's just a shame that Ethan even has to see that though. Like this, you know, ten years ago those comments could have been made over a beer or a whatever the, the dinner table and and yeah whatever keep it to yourself but with social media it's just so pathetic and and saddening that ethan you, you can't really control um that sort of information coming in <laughs> obviously ethan can choose how he um re- decides to respond to it but it, it's out there and ethan's read it and seen it and we've all seen it and it's 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 just it's a bit unsettling really it's just just not a not a nice uh, taste left in your mouth no, not at all. And like, I mean, that weighs on you, I would imagine. If somebody put a death threat on me, like that would, mm. I don't know, it's just always something to fucking think about, you know, it's this weird. But anyway, um, obviously, hopefully nothing, anything close to that is going to happen. I'm sure it'll be fine, but it's a shame he has to go through it. So mm. bringing it back around, I have a come up as well. And that is Italo Ferreira. We have been critical of him mm. in the pool on this podcast. Mm. And I mean, the, the stats back that up. But what did Italo do after Margaret River? Did he go home? No. He went to Indo. He spent a few weeks surfing Uluwatu racetrack. Then he went to Macaroni, spent 10 days there. So he clearly knew in his mind that he needed to work on surfing, you know, a rippable, steep, kind of smaller left-hander. And he put in the work, and it paid off in dividends. Seeing him do it on his last wave in the night surf, and then seeing him push it all the way to the final. He's putting up 17-point heat totals. That's huge out there. He's putting up nines on the lefts. So that's huge out there. Um, and obviously, it, he didn't go all the way. According to some, he probably should have. But, uh, yeah, really impressive to see his improvement and how hard he worked for that. Yeah, right there with you. And I think that um, he it's, it's really hard, I think, when you're in his position, he he wanted to see that return on his investment in time, getting better at surfing, equate to a win and nothing else. And because that didn't happen, I'm sure it felt like a loss for him. But if you look at his career at the pool versus how he was looking at this event, completely different surfer. 
And it wasn't so much he'd added any new manoeuvres to his repertoire. It was just he had this element of flow to his surfing, which you need to have in the pool. And he just looked a bit more patient in between his turns and he was able to attack the big sections when it came rather than that kind of hyped up Red Bull Italo that we're sort of used to seeing. He looked obviously one of the best and it, it, it factored that way. I mean, he nearly won the thing, which I did not see that coming. Yeah, me neither. Um, and with that, I mean... We also have to get to our winners, so congratulations to Carissa Moore and to Stace Galbraith for calling her correctly. It was cool to have our finalists, or to have our picks in the finals together, mm. but Carissa definitely did look like she was on a different level out there, for sure. Um, and Griffin, I mean, he continues to just impress and impress and impress, and for him to be where he is right now, I mean, you'd have to say he's looking really, really good for a Final Five berth. There's still a lot of events to go. And, you know, Gab and John are still sort of hanging in the wings there. And you, you'd have to be a little bit intimidated by that. But, I mean, there's only four events left, so they, they don't have that much space to, you know, move, really. Yeah, there's, there's a little bit of a buffer there for, for Griffin, um, you know, from about spot five, which is Jack Robbo, down, that the points really start to drop off. So, you know, Griffin and, and, and particularly Jow have done incredible jobs to, um, you know, have the consistent season that they both had. Like, like amazing world title campaigns that they're putting together right now. So it's going to be a fascinating final four events. And then, yeah, getting back to the women's side, like, you know, we mentioned it last week. Can, does Carissa have the, 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 you know, the mental strength to be able to put it together? Cause she's obviously got the skills and it, it was cool to be able to see her, you know, back up the fact that she is the favorite, the clear favorite, um, clear favorite until Katie Simmons qualified for the world tour. I must say for, the amount of time that Katie spent in the pool and, and the result that she managed to get, uh, I don't see her losing that event in the near future from this point on. She looked unbelievable. That left she surfed was one of the coolest waves I've ever seen surfed out there, I think. Like, just the flow, the timing, the, like, slightly theatrical nature of it, and then obviously doing that shove it at the end that she almost pulled. Like, it, women's, the future of women's surfing is here. It's so amazing to see, and like, I don't know. We were we were watching that uh, that night round over here. We were watching it in the morning, super early, and you know, it was like a lot of the old guard doing very, I hate to say it, but just like kind of like basic standard surfing, right? Like, I don't know. I mean, we were watching a wave of Lakey where she was just doing kind of the same like half snap over and over again, and she was getting like a seven, and we were like, what's going on? Like, how how is that a seven? Like the so much better than that and then you see uh katie come out and do what she did and it's clearly just on such a different level of like technique and um skill really i guess and to yeah to see all that come together is so cool yeah and like didn't look phased by the limelight or you know the literal lights of the night session and the big crowd and and all that which we know she, she her character is very laid back she, we've seen that um you know throughout her time on the challenger series and now the world tour but still like that is an event that seriously exposes people for their kind of you know just what's going on in between the ears and she just took it all in her stride like unbelievable and then not to mention like her talent her backhand her actual backhand surfing vertically in the lip like that wave that left to surf is an absolute nightmare and and she made it look fun you know for, for a backsider so i think that um yeah it's gonna she's yeah like you said the future's the future's definitely here so yeah the the ratings now are really really interesting as you alluded to before in my mind 
I would say that the top three men are locked. That's Griffin, Joao, and Felipe. The bottom two, Ethan and Jack, is where it gets a little bit interesting because you got Gabby like 5,000 points behind Ethan, just 2,000 points behind Jack, and then you got John uh, about 6,000 points behind Ethan and, you know, two or 3,000 points behind Jack. So I think those two spots, and Gab and John to me are obviously the two that could jump up in there. Those are the two vulnerable spots right now. There are still four events to go, but I think just the way that it's all set up points-wise, it's going to be really hard for those top three to get knocked out. And then on the women's side, Carissa now has a pretty commanding lead. So she's obviously going to be fine. Tyler Wright's up there too. Molly Picklum. I think the top three women are pretty safe as well, unless there's like a real um, catastrophic blow up in the back end for like a Molly, say, but I don't really see that happening. Caroline Marks made a pretty big jump. This event, she's now at number four in the world. And Katie Simmers has made her way into the top five, which is exciting for everyone. So if we can get Katie into lowers, do you think she can win the world title this year? Yep. Without a doubt. No doubt in my mind. She'd be the first rookie to win since Steph, right? Yep, and not even Kelly won as a rookie. Like, I don't think, yeah, it doesn't get done very often. And, man, the 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 way that she surfs is so, you know, ready to rumble. Like, there's no, no real chinks in her armour. Um, I think she just signed with Oakley. They put out a clip of her on Instagram today that is absolutely mind-blowing if you haven't seen it get get it up on your phone right now it's, it's ridiculous like out the box out surfing portugal and big heavy waves and then other other places around the world it is it's one of the best instagram edits i've ever seen dropped i think oh, um so huge claim yeah I, I i i think once you'll watch it you'll 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 back it up like for for her age and for what for what you know is getting done on the women's world tour and then what she's done in this 60 second edit is mind-blowing um and also look at the the events remaining on tour for her you got el salvador fun right point you've got brazil where she already won at a beach break this year you've got j bay which fucking obviously and then chopes she charges yeah it's it's looking really really uh really well set up i think you know I would probably say that oh, if she qualified in fifth, it would be a bit harder, but we watched what Steph did last year, so that kind of takes that out of the equation. Um, she's got the surf grom stamina to surf all day, so yeah, I, I, to answer your question, she can 100% win a world title this year. That would be insane. Okay, should we get into some letdowns? A big flip on me who said that she wouldn't even make the cut, so yeah, <laughs> there goes, there's, there's my 180 for the year. <laughs> But yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, let's get into some letdowns. There's a couple for me, and I, it, it's been pretty critical of some of the best people we've ever seen in our sport ride waves. But I was a little underwhelmed at like how Philippe responded to being behind, like against Griffin. We, we put scores aside. You know, we can argue about scores until we go blue in the face. But if you just think, okay, well, I'm behind in this heat, and I need to turn this heat around. Man, he did not look like he knew what day it was on that right when he had the chance to turn it. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. I, I can't even imagine how hard it would be to go out there and knowing you need to get a certain score. And, like, there's a really good reason why none of us are out there, right? And, um, yeah, he didn't do it that mm. time around, but he's done it before, and I'm sure he'll mm. do it again. But, yeah, to your point, that, that was definitely not his best performance. I mean, but to your point about us not being out there, you don't need to be a baker to know that bread tastes good. 
No, I'm taking the piss. I had to take that one off. Matty Johns, he's a football player in this in, in Australia, and he said that the other day, and I was like, oh, that is the best call I've ever heard. He, he runs a very popular show, <laughs> much like ours, very popular. Um, but no, look, in all seriousness, it is being very critical of, again, the current world champ, which... Um, I think it has to be said, you know, he, he needed a seven. He, he wakes up and gets sevens on the right. Like a seven for him is absolutely nothing. The one thing I will say about that score is it is most likely a complete ride. And I think that's where he looked a little lost, you know. Okay, cool. I know I need to get to the end of this wave, but how hard do I go? Because if he goes Mac 10 and, say, falls before the last barrel, the biggest score he's probably going to get, and he would know this, is going to be like a six eight three. We saw a few guys falling and still getting 6.33s, 6.17s, 6.5s. But to get a 7.01, which is what he needed, you, you probably need to finish the wave. So then he's looking at this complete ride going, okay, do I go 70% from start to finish? Or do I just ride it as if I need a 9? And he really looked like he was in two minds, which is, um, you know, a, a bummer there for him. Because I think, he's he, he, like I said, he, he gets 9s um, in first wave runs out there. So a 7 for him as well within his range. The other one for me, which I think... It's not too surprising, but I, I would have thought maybe that there'd been some improvement there in, in, in his approach was John John's backhand. Like he just never looked connected with the wave, which that was his first time surfing a CT event there, but he has spent a lot of time in the pool. So I don't think we can use that against him. Uh, it was like one of those ones where we've seen Italo improve on the left and I was, I was sort of hoping the same out of John. It does look a little bit unfair out there for the big guys. I kind of, I felt for him. I felt for Jordy. Uh, it's just, yeah, I, I mean, what are you going to do? The wave only has so much push, right? And the amount of push required to get those guys moving and going fast and getting to the sections that they need to is just different from like an Italo or a Felipe or, or whatever. So yeah, it's, it's whatever. I mean, it is what it is, right? It's, it's one event on tour. John has a huge advantage out at Margaret's. So um, I guess at the end of the day, like, yeah, it all kind of evens out. I'd stand Ethan Ewing and John John Florence side by side. I don't think I could pick much difference. You think? John might have him height-wise, but Ethan's pretty dense. Yeah, Ethan's a freaking brick house. And the way that he surfed that right, to me, is unbelievable. Obviously, he's not typically going into the air. He did when he needed to against Gab, and that was super impressive. But for me, just watching him surf that wave on the face, it's the only person that really makes it look like a good wave. And mm. yeah, he was that, that was the only reason that I picked him against Gab was because I watched him surf the first day. And I think he got a nine just staying on the face of the wave. And it was like, holy shit, man, that's just like absolute poetry. And yeah, good on you, Ethan. But anyway, uh, as you know, I bet a lot of money on Felipe. I lost 250. That goes straight to Tahiti. Thank you, betonline.ag. Uh, I wish he would have gotten a seven because <laughs> I would have loved to have made some money this event, but you can't win them all. No, that's right. What about you, Mikey? Any letdowns? Well, I also... Apart from losing some cash. Yeah, I mean, the only other thing that really comes to mind is, I mean, I guess this gets tied up in judging. Judging is very subjective. I definitely had a lot of different numbers in my mind than the ones that I saw coming up throughout the event. I don't want to get necessarily too much into the the weeds there but i know i was i was watching with joel vaughn while we were over here and he was like yeah it's just like they're rewarding bad surfing in a lot of cases and that's kind of how it felt to me as well and sometimes then what i thought was really good surfing where people are pushing really hard and doing turns that were actually like real turns they weren't just these placeholder turns but maybe as a result they lost a bit of flow in their waves 
I feel like you should still be rewarding that a lot higher than somebody just kind of like flowing through, unless it looks like Ethan, of course, because he's, he's a good mix of the two, I would say. Uh, but anyway, this comes back, of course, to Gabriel Medina's missive on Instagram. Gabby basically put all his thoughts that he's probably been feeling for over a year now. I think it probably started for him at G-Land when he came back to the tour and lost a heat that he, th he thought he should have won. Um, and it, it sparked this whole thing in Brazil last year, and now it's just this continuation. And obviously there is a feeling that um, a particular group of people are being sort of shunned by the judges. And I think we've even talked about it on this podcast, how the it seems that the judges are rewarding a different style of surfing now than they were, say, two years ago or so. So I'm just going to read out Gabriel's thing in case anybody missed it. He obviously wrote it in Portuguese first and then translated it to English. So this is probably, he, it's well written, but you can still tell where there's parts where, you know, there's maybe a little bit of a language disconnection. But here we go. Dear WSL, please understand the importance of this discussion. Surfing has been my life and my love for the, for, and sorry, surfing has been my life and my love for this sport is unconditional. I've put all my heart into it and want to leave a beautiful legacy one day when I look back at it. However, the surfing community, especially in Brazil, is mesmerized with the poor clarity and inconsistency of judging for many years now, but lately it has been even more shocking. It is quite clear that judging is now rewarding very simple surfing, seamless transitions, and have taken critical turns in critical sections off the criteria. This is very frustrating and is stagnating the sport. Fans and sponsors will not accept this to continue and will, in the near future, be drawn away once all they want is equal and fair judging to the sport. Also important to note that many coaches and managers have had the opportunity to speak to the WSL after heats and events to, to ask about progression and variety in the criteria and the lack of reward for this space. The response given by them is always quite defensive by giving poor examples to illustrate their point. WSL needs urgently to clarify judging and apply equal and fair judging to save the progression of the sport. Thanks, Gabriel Medina and Brazil. And he got a lot of support from a lot of Brazilians in the comments and also some non-Brazilians as well. Um, so, yeah, Stacy, what are your thoughts? Oh, so many thoughts. My first thought is that um, I'd like to see the Brazilian boys jump to the defense of their fellow athletes and say anyone issuing kind of this bullshit death threat shit online is not a true fan of surfing. That's what I'd like to see first and, and his platform. I'd like to see his platform used in that way. Uh, secondly, as for him doing this, look, it's, 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 look, it's just another day in the life of Gabriel. He, he wants to be world champion and losing where he lost there is going to make his run to the finals even harder. And he knows that. Um, I don't agree with what he's saying at all. Like if, if he's talking about Ethan, clearly, <laughs> and I don't think I think Ethan's transitional surfing is the, the best it's ever we've ever seen nearly um, and, and so yeah he's talking about transitional surfing being more rewarded than critical surfing where Ethan's doing his turns are extremely critical and I think the problem with the pool is that although we see aerial maneuvers they're still pretty lame because if you, you know what I mean like I don't think that they can necessarily but they are riskier like, it definitely is riskier to rotate and spin and have to land backwards and shuffle your feet than it is for somebody who, granted, it has taken a lot of time and effort, I'm sure, for Ethan to perfect these turns and make them look so simple and basic, but it's just, it's not this. I mean, you, you saw when Ethan went to the air, like, that was clearly the hardest thing for him to do as well. Exactly, and that's the sport we live in. But I just, I, and I think, and you're right, it probably is riskier. It, 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 there is more an element of you falling off your surfboard. However, 
I still think that the surfing and the rail surfing and, and there's a certain way that, you know, Griffin and Ethan are turning their shoulders and really committing to like full rail hacks. And Philippe is too. Like Philippe gets scored very well for his power based surfing. So I just, I feel like sometimes it, and not sometimes, it just comes down to taking a loss on the chin really. Like I can't, you can sit here and argue about the scores all day. I, I think that Italo is probably a little undercooked in the final, but it's still, even if you bump his scores up a little bit, it's still a flip a coin heat. And I, I love the way that, that Gabriel surfs and constructs his heats together. And I think like to your point about him feeling or his point of feeling a little bit undercooked for a long while, I'm probably with him on that. There's been some scores where you watch and go, holy shit, like he couldn't have done much more than that. Um, so as an overall theme, I think he's probably been getting a little bit underdone. The difference is he's been making those heats, so it hasn't really mattered. This one's obviously come to a boil because he didn't make the heat, and um, you know all the all the frustrations coming out. So yeah, look, th- there was a time where Joel Parkinson was getting barreled behind the rocket snapper, and no one could imagine that Gabriel would beat him surfing at Little Marley, and it happened. And I think through your career, you do have these ebbs and flows about what's in trend. And I definitely think the style of surfing that Ethan's doing at the moment is on trend. But it wasn't always that way. And I think the world titles that these guys have won, and deservedly so, speak to that. Like, if you take John John's world titles out of the equation, it's been absolute Brazilian dominance, and rightly so. They deserve every bit of silverware they've got. But it, they were trends in surfing that they brought to the table. They, they sort of recreated what would get scored and when it would get scored. Like Italo Ferreira doing floaters out Shish Kebab's Reef at Fiji beating Kelly Slater. Like no one saw that coming. But are you just going to not score it? No, you score it because it's gnarly. And now we've got Ethan doing this type of surfing that is seriously technically difficult to do. And just because it looks easy, it, it doesn't make it the case. I just think it's swings and roundabouts. That was great, Stace. That was a fucking compelling argument. Um, yeah, I don't think I can really disagree. And I think that there is there is that middle ground, right? And I think maybe the person who feels that best, it's like I would say Phil and Griffin right now are kind of the two that really blend those two styles of surfing really well. So that's probably... Whereas Ethan falls more, obviously, on the rail side and then Italo and Gab fall more on the air side, in my opinion. Uh, so, yeah, I think that a perfect world is obviously somebody who surfs like Ethan on rail and can do airs like Gab, but right now we don't quite have that, but Felipe and Griffin are kind of the ones occupying that space. And look where they are on the ratings, you know what I mean? They're one and three, so... Look, I think, I mean, we haven't even really spoken about the judges, we've just spoken about the scoring. I think the one-wave night session, as, as theatrical as it is... They're opening up a big can of worms there deciding on who they're going to put through to the final day by A, comparing a natural footer to a goofy footer and loading that up with they can take a left or a right. That just brings in way too much comparison for my liking. Stacey, they got a left and a right in the night session. They only counted one score. They just kept their best one. Exactly. So I would rather see them count both, if that makes sense. I know that would mean more waves and they would need more time and, and all of that, but I'm just saying it opens up a whole lot more room for, okay, we've got Italo getting his best wave on a left versus Ethan getting his best wave on a right. Like they can barely get a, a theme of what they want to see on two rights and two natural footers, if that makes sense. Like it just, it opens up another minefield for them. Uh, and I think that that's why the judging was so, such a hot topic. This event is because you had 
one of the best natural footers on, in the world right now versus one of the best goofy footers in the world right now, surfing two completely different waves. And a, a point that I missed earlier was Italo scores, for me, where he's losing time and, and effort in, in scoring is he's spending too much time in the tube. He needs to get out of the tube quicker and just get out into the open face. And I feel like that's where you'd notice a difference. I bet you never thought you were going to say that. <laughs> You're spending too much time in the tube. Yeah, like exactly. Get out of the tube. <laughs> but it's true. It, it turned, the barrel in the wave pool is like kind of cool for the first two seconds. And then it gets a bit fluffy and a bit almondy. Like get out into the open face and start ripping in. And, and you, you, that's where you can score more points. The judges are not going to score you in the tube. And I think that's where Italo, that's where Italo lost that final. Oh, wow. That's an interesting take. Um, I haven't heard that one. Yeah, I to me, I watched Italo's... Uh, I watched that heat. I watched his final wave. He needed a nine. He got a mid-eight. I think that, yeah, it was probably between a mid-eight and a nine, that wave. I don't know. I, I understand why people could be upset, but to your earlier point, it's it's more of a coin toss than anything. You could never say that Italo outright won that final. Mm, yeah. And you know, there's going to be close heats in every single event and it just is what it is. Sometimes it'll go your way. Sometimes it won't. I guess the resounding sentiment is that it hasn't been going their way for a long time. Italo's obviously had a really tough year mm. and a lot of close calls not go his way. So I can understand that frustration, but the judges can't really make calls based on, you know, how somebody's feeling. Um, so it's just, yeah, you got to pick yourself up and try again, I guess. Mm. And I think too, like it is about giving credit to the generation behind you. Like, there's always someone younger and more keen. And that's what's happening right now. Like Griffin, Ethan, and Jao Chianka and Jack Robinson are putting in the time. And they're working their asses off. Like who's to say that they don't feel they deserve it more than those other guys we've just mentioned. And the big boys, they're just not used to getting this beaten. So it's just, it's just a, you know, it's just a, t a moment in time. Yeah, and it's a beautiful one. Like seeing all this go down is so cool. And I'm so excited to see the rest of the mm. final five race. And then obviously lowers is mm. going to be its own thing so this is i mean mm. i probably feel this way or i probably have thought that i felt this way a lot but i really do think that this is the most like generally competitive season of competitive surfing that i've ever seen i've never thought that seven people could actually like win the world title yeah well we haven't really seen a situation like this since um i think it was 2014 where it's like you know owen came in at seventh and everyone down was you know and well and truly within reach of getting it done, which we obviously won't see that this year. We'll only see five. But they'll be very, very worthy, no matter who it is. Um, it's going to be an exciting year um, on the on the men's side of things. But, you know, flipping over to the women's, like, do you think there's a reason why there wasn't as many controversial scores? Is it because there's not as many, like, dominant goofy footers? Um I also just think that by the nature of that wave and by the nature of the current women on tour's skill sets, there's not, they, they can't throw as much variety at the wave. And so when you're doing the same turns, like usually someone's going to do them a little bit better than the other person, I think. And yeah, I, so I think it comes down to that because there's not this question of what style of surfing is better between the women because most of them are doing the same style of surfing. So it's just who rode that wave better either, who did. The, the most impactful turns or whatever, who wrote, who got a little deeper in the barrel. You know, it's it's apples to apples. It's not apples to oranges. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good point. I'd, I'd have to agree with that. And I think that, um, you know, someone like Katie Simmons is going to change that. Like, you can already see that already just with the variety that she's showing and the, the, the airs at the end of her waves and stuff like that. So I think that'll all, that'll all um, get 
shaken up in the next couple of years for sure. Um, it's, uh, i tell you what though, like we said it at the start, that's a seriously cool event. I'm, I'm with the cut now. I'm, I'm all about the wave ball. Yep. Me too. I really enjoy it. Like I found myself, there were like things that I could have been doing in France, you know what I mean? And I just found myself kept, they keep getting drawn back to it. So well done on the WSL for that revamped, um, format. I think it was great. And I'm excited to have that as part of the tour now. It's actually something that I can get behind. Yeah, totally. And and, and what's your you you've 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 handled a few pretty uh, big topics on the pod. What what's your take on just the whole situation about you know Gabriel? Uh, I feel like sometimes, particularly us, like we go to the events in Australia and America, and sometimes frequent Brazil. He is a mega star. Like, there's no doubt about it. He's bigger than the sport. Like, if you look at his social media following and the way that he carries himself and who he associates with and, and everything, like, when a person like that takes to their social media, it has a big effect. So what do you think of his sort of, you know, plea to the WSL? I mean, like I said, your argument was really, really compelling to me, just kind of giving a sense of, you know, the surfing, how it ebbs and flows in terms of what's appreciated. So I don't actually mind that he did it. I think that he's completely within his right to do that. I understand the feelings and thoughts behind why he would do something like that because I can, yeah, just it feels like it has been an ongoing thing, at least in his and other Brazilians' perception. So I think it had to come to a head at some point. I think this is a good point for it. And I'm just really interested to see what comes of it. Like, is the WSL going to respond? Are they going to try to fine him for being critical? I know that that's something that they've definitely done in the past with a, a lot of surfers, which is crazy to think that you could get fined for putting out something as thoughtful as Gabriel did. Like, he's not, you know what I mean? He's not, like, bashing people. He's just saying, like, hey, this is clearly, like, how we feel. This is how we see it. And we would love, it, it sounds like really what he's asking for be above anything else is clarity, which, I mean, that's, who's, yeah, that's just, that's fine. That's fair. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think it's great that he, he, did it because someone like him, I feel very much like John, we need them interested in the sport and we need them engaged. If like John and Gabriel decided to just check out, that would it would make the tour so much less than what it is. You know, we need them there. They are the best. So in that sense, I'm stoked that he's like what he says. It's his life. It's his passion. It's his, it's his love. He, he's, he's, he's engaged, which is, which is awesome. So it's going to be, yeah, to your point, interesting to see if the WSL like formally respond for sure. They'll, well, I don't know the, for sure they will, but they have in the past fined athletes for less, which I think is, I agree with you, it's whatever. Yeah, what, what what's that going to achieve? The guy's got zeros in his bank account and it's not going to do anything. Um, it's, it's whether or not there is like a follow-up to that, which this one kind of feels like there might be. Yeah, I think so too. And hopefully, I mean, we've got a couple of weeks now before the El Salvador event because obviously they've got ISA starting in a couple of days and I think a lot of the surfers will be down at that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, it'll be a good warm-up for them. Uh, the, the will be the next event there down in El Salvador. The waves look firing for the warm-ups in the ISA games. So um, hopefully they get a genuine swell this year and not like a hurricane swell like last year. Yeah, that was pretty bad. I, God, they've been so unlucky with waves this year. I just feel like it has to flip at some point, right? Like, we, mm. they need to get good waves in El Salvador. Hopefully, J-Bay, Chopes, and importantly, Lowers. Importantly, Sakurama. 
down on the right hand of please. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be bad either. All right, Stacy, are there any other segments we have here that we need to get into? Well, look, we kind of did brush over a moment where we introed the judging section, but it was just too hot and heavy to interrupt you. So I just, we let that one fly. We got through our segments. I know you've got a big day coming up and a big week coming up over there in uh, the southwest of France. And mate, I wish you all the best on the highway. Uh, and I can't wait to see what comes of it. Thank you, Stacy. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a good ride so far, and a lot more to come. So, yeah, we'll we'll be leaking some things here and there. You can keep an eye on the Stab Instagram for an idea of where we are and what we're up to. Can't wait. All right. Until next time, Stacy.